correction corner. <laughs> um, we got an email from a listener. Woo woo! Thanks, listener. <laughs> Shout out to Kellen, one of our cool podcast listeners. Uh, he had a few corrections on our Tarsier episode about sound. We misspoke when we were talking about how loud they are. Um, we were like, they make such a loud sound. It's actually, they have a high-pitched frequency, which is what we meant to keep saying. But we just kept being like, they're so loud. Um, and just to clarify, because then I was all like, what is the difference between high-pitched and being loud? I'm going to give you guys all a little mini science lesson. Because <laughs> it's cool. Nicole, the okay. science gal. sorry (laughs) all right so pitch of sound depends on the frequency while loudness is of sound depends on the amplitude of sound waves so it's loud and faint versus shrill and flat so loud i guess loud and faint is the loudness shrill and flat is the pitch um so loud or volume is dependent on energy received by the ears Pitch is independent of that. Um, Volume is independent of frequency change, while pitch is dependent in the frequency change. A higher frequency means more shrill. And then the louder, the loud slash volume is a maximum pressure produced as particles are squeezed together as they are made to vibrate. Decibels is a measure of intensity, which relates to how much energy the pressure wave has. So volume is pressure in the wave, while pitch is frequency, and that's how it is measured on how many times a second the particles vibrate in the wave. Hertz is the um, what we measure that in. So it's the number of pressure waves per second and number of vibrations per second the particles are making as they transmit sound. Pitch versus volume are different, but very similar, and they go hand in hand. Yeah. And so, yeah. tarsiers have a high pitch sound. Yeah. Uh, and then along with tarsiers, uh, high pitch also can be a good example of uh, dog whistles. Yes. So those are outside of human hearing capacities because of how high of a pitch they are. Um, and then as Nicole yes. kind of explained, the loudness is measured in decibels. And that does describe the amount of energy that the is contained in a sound wave. And then Kellen actually gave us some really cool examples. Uh, so yeah. whispering is 30 decibels. Flushing a toilet is around 75 decibels. And then a jet engine at takeoff produces around 145 decibels. And then a lion, (laughs) to bring it back to animals, lions are at a loudest roar, which the lion's roar is the loudest of all big cats, is at 114 decibels. And it can be heard from as far as five miles away. Dang. Yep. Isn't it if you're standing right by the line, it can actually bust your eardrums? Yep. So, not that so crazy. that should be your biggest concern when you're standing <laughs> next to a lion <laughs> roaring at full volume in your ear. Ugh. But, Ugh. you know. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. At least you'll be deaf. 
<laughs> You'll be able to hear them breaking your bones. <laughs> On that disturbing note. Thanks, listeners. Thank you, Kellen, for making sure we corrected ourselves. Yes. Thank you for the insight. And sending us on this journey of pitch versus volume. It was fascinating. Yes. Thank you. And any other listeners out there who want to let us know about corrections, give us an email and maybe you'll get a shout out. Yeah. Animalfactspodcast at gmail.com. Hello, animal lovers. Welcome to the Animal Facts Podcast. I'm Nicole. And I'm Jayla. We just want to remind everyone that we are not professionals, just animal enthusiasts. We love learning about them, talking about them, and discovering new ones. And all the crazy things that they can do. There are so many animals out there, and they are all so different. If we are misinformed, please email us at animalfactspodcast at gmail.com so we can correct ourselves. Some of the things we say may also just be our opinions. So just a reminder, we are enthusiasts, not professionals. Thanks Thanks for for joining joining us. Enjoy! Cool. I'm gonna I'll I'll start. I got this. I don't know. It's your week. (laughs) True. Duh. (laughs) Welcome, animal facts. Lovers. We got this today. This week. (laughs) It's been a week. (laughs) And it's only for us a Wednesday. True. True. Hump day? Oh, we should do camels. Hump day. For hump day. I will add it Anyways. to our list. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> welcome, Got animal it. fact lovers, for this week of podcasting. I'm Jayla. <laughs> and I'm Nicole. <laughs> uh, and we're here to learn some animal facts. Um, I did the research for this animal fact week, and I'm really excited to share it with you. I haven't told Nicole any information about it because I was trying to avoid animal facts conversation. Otherwise, I knew that I was going to tell her. So, we just avoided that subject altogether this week. We did. I think we did pretty good. I think so. Uh, but we're going to start off with our personal question. Do you have a personal question, Nicole? If you had to eat uh, just nope. one type of food yep, for the rest of your life, what would it be? But it's not like I only want to ever eat potatoes or grilled cheese. It's like like everything has to be in like a burrito form or a casserole form or a sandwich form mm. or a soup form. So you can eat anything, but it has to pr- be presented and eaten in that type of form. So like tacos, burritos, pizza, pasta, salad, sandwich, those kinds of things. So if you wanted a baked potato, you have to, and you wanted, if you wanted a baked potato and you picked burrito, you have to eat a baked potato as a burrito. So in burrito form. Or ice cream if you wanted ice so, cream it'd have to be like tacos you know ice cream tacos sound delicious they do but they also sound like they would insta melt 
No. So what would the Ooh. shell be? Would the shell be the You'd cone? Have to, like, it would have to be like a tortilla, like a fresh tortilla, and you like deep fry it and sprinkle it with cinnamon sugar, and then you stick Ooh. like ice cream in there, and you could top it with like churro pieces and like fudge. That would be really good. Oh my gosh. <gasps> ice cream taco. We're going to make this one day. <laughs> that would be so good. As long as it has sprinkles, I'm ready. You and your sprinkles. We will. We will put sprinkles, sprinkles on there. They'll be like. Guess the what cheese. I bought today? <laughs> I bought sprinkles. sprinkles. Nice. <laughs> um, so Jayla would eat anything as long as it has sprinkles. <laughs> well, everything in sprinkle form. <laughs> I want sprinkle lasagna. You- can you imagine, like, little sprinkle-sized burritos? <laughs> sprinkle pizzas? They'd be so cute and delicious, but also concerning. But, so would they taste like sprinkles, or would they taste like the food? They would taste supposed like the to food, be? but they're, like, the size and stuff of sprinkles, and they'd have to come in like a little sprinkle jar (laughs) so it's kind of like Willy Wonka like how he made gum taste like everything Mm, do you remember that? there you go yeah yeah and then she blows up like a blueberry yeah but she had all of her her dinner servings Thanksgiving dinner or whatever it was right roast beef or something something well to answer your question I would probably do, probably do pizza. Pizza, anything in a pizza just, form? Yeah, and you can make savory pizzas and sweet pizzas, and then you can top them with, like, anything. And you could make True. the sauce be a bunch of different things. You could make a salad pizza. You could. So, I feel like you could do healthy and unhealthy and then a calzone is just a pizza, like closed pizza. Yeah, that's true. A calzone is just a mm. folded over, encased pizza. It's like a <clears throat> clam pizza. Yeah. You no, say no, clam no. pizza? Anyways, I think that's my answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a good answer. Pizza is delicious. I love pizza. My answer is a casserole. I would have, because I feel like you could literally Mm. have anything in a casserole form. You just have to find a way to stick it in a casserole dish and eat it. That's a good answer. Yep. (laughs) Because what defines a casserole? Does it just have to be in a casserole dish? Or does it have to have layers? Casserole. Oh, I just got a bunch of recipes. Does it have to have noodles? I don't think so, because, like, I've done a tater tot casserole and there's no noodles in it. A kind of stew or side dish that is slowly cooked in an oven. Cooked food slowly in a casserole. Mm, So you'd have to cook it. So it's kind of like a bake it Mm. in a dish of sorts and it's more of a slow cooked thing. 
A casserole is a variety of a large deep pan right. or bowl used for cooking a variety of dishes dishes in the oven. It is also a category of foods cooked in such a utensil. To distinguish the two uses, the pan can be called a casserole dish or a casserole pan, whereas the food is simply a casserole. <laughs> so, how would you make an ice cream casserole? Or would it just be... An ice cream casserole. Milk. <laughs> Ooh, let's think about that. I feel like it'd have to be, like, a cooked custard. You know, because ice cream yeah. is just... Or, a, like, fried yeah. ice cream. Because, uh, what is it? Custard. Ice cream is just custard. I don't know. That's a good question. Because would I be allowed to, like, bake something and then put the ice cream on top of it? And then it's, like, part of the dish. So if I baked, like, a cobbler and then I topped it with ice cream, it's still, like, a casserole dish, yeah? Because it's my topping? I guess so. Because it would be similar to just making a casserole and then, like, putting... I don't know, like sour cream yeah. on top or something, right? Yeah, I right? feel like we should You're still be allowed to garnish or like cilantro yeah, to garnish things, but you can't have like an entire meal be the garnish. Be like, this is my pizza, which is right, just a crust or whatever, like a slice of bread, and then my garnish is like this whole other meal. <laughs> that won't work. <laughs> right. Right. It would have to be, like, an actual garnish. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Or, like, a condiment. So, in that case, the ice cream would be used as the condiment? Because it's like the Mm. margarita pizza. You put the basil on after you take it out of the oven. So, that's still technically part of the Mm -hmm. pizza. You just don't put it in the oven. Mm. So, yeah. I guess it makes sense. Well, there we go. Nicole would eat casseroles, and I will eat pizzas for all eternity. Mm -hmm. Anything in that form. So if you can find a way. Because there are dessert pizzas, which is just a sugar cookie and like cream cheese stuff and a lot of fruit. Mm -hmm. You could totally put sprinkles on there. Yeah. You could have like a pizza with like, I don't. They're delicious. Do you like Nutella? I do. You could have like a. I won't go out of my way to eat Nutella. I won't buy it myself. But if somebody offers me Nutella, I will eat it. I was just thinking because what would be really good is like also like a cinnamon sugar crust with like Nutella spread mm-hmm. on it and then bananas and caramel mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. toffee and then you can top it with some ice cream. Bam. There you go. <laughs> dessert and dinner. Yep. Just half dessert, half dinner. <laughs> uh, I feel like I just would make like two you do like a half pepperoni, point. half cheese. <laughs> Nope, nope. I feel like my sauces would mix. <laughs> we don't want mixing sauces. <laughs> cool. Um, so I do want to say before we get started that I did not learn about this animal until my cousin um, Insta messaged me privately. Um, so she's a big fan of our podcast. She listens to it. Um, and her name is mm-hmm. Allie. So Allie put this on the, my radar um, because she listens to our podcast and she's like, hey, you should add this one to your list. Um, and then I started researching it and I was like, 
oh, that's actually a really cool animal. Let's do a podcast about it. So this is the animal that I picked. And I just want to thank my cousin for putting this on my radar and that our listeners can reach out to us through email or Instagram um, and recommend animals, tell us stories, or even just say hi. So if you really like animals and you want to have us do one, you probably will get a shout out and it will add it to our list. So that being said, are you ready to learn about this animal? Yes. It's pretty cool. Um, so what animal is described to have a nice, sweet, musty odor? Not you. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> it's not me. <laughs> um, what animal is the world's only flightless parrot? Oh. Oh, no, parrot. I don't, I don't. A puffin? I don't know. Okay. A puffin mm-hmm. isn't a parrot, so I it's don't know. A, it's not a puffin. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so now we know it's a parrot, and we know it smells musty. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last question is, what bird freezes when it's in danger? Oh, interesting. I don't know. It's called a cockapoo. Oh, not like a cockapoo, but cockapoo. So, a cockapoo. I don't know if you're thinking of the same one. It's spelled K-A-K-A-P-O. And I had to listen to a lot of videos in order to memorize how to pronounce it um, because I wanted to say cockapoo, like, or, yeah, but it's cockapoo. Oh, interesting. They kind of have like an owl face. Mm -hmm. So we'll talk about it. Oh, they're big. Tell you all the things. They are. They're huge. They look small until you see them next to a person. They're huge. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. Cool. Okay. I'm ready. ready. Yep. So I listened to Benedict Cumberbatch does a little blurb on it and you can listen to it on YouTube. And it's really nice to hear him. Like he tells you about the Kakapo. Um, so it's amazing. nice to listen to him. So Cumberbatch, if you're listening to it, to us, <laughs> just know I listened to you first, which is weird. <laughs> That's um, not creepy at all. Sorry. I mean, it's the actor's life. We watch them on the telly. <laughs> So, the kakapo is also known as the owl parrot because of its facial disc and its owl-like whiskers, which is like that facial facial area. Um, and then in Maori, uh, it's named kakapo means night parrot, and oh. it's named after its nocturnal behavior. So Nice. Yeah. To describe the kakapo, kakapo <laughs> it's a flightless forest-dwelling parrot. With a pale owl-like face, uh, the kakapo are moss green mottled, which means that they're marked with spots or smears of color, and they have yellow and black spots um, or the smears of color, uh, and then they're more yellow on their underbelly. And then their bills are gray, and their legs and feet are gray with pale soles. Uh, they are and they pretty are pretty big. For a bird. They are, right? 
Mm-hmm. I had to look them up. I didn't know what they were. Um, and they were really cute. Yeah. Um, I don't love birds, so, but I can still admire them from afar or from pictures. And it's still pretty cute for a bird. It is pretty cute. Um, it's definitely an owl parrot. Yeah. So if you think of an <laughs> owl face with like a parrot body, but Same it's color. big, it's like yeah. kind of fat. Yeah. Kind of chunky. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they're, the females um, can weigh about 1.4 kilograms, which is about three pounds. And then the males can weigh 2.2 kilograms, which is about 4.8 pounds. Um, but they can also add one kilogram or two pounds of fat prior to their breeding season. Hmm. So they do kind of kick it up a notch when they're about to get down and mingle. <laughs> um, yeah. Put on that and extra then fluffy si- weight. <laughs> yes. Extra cuddly extra weight. There you go. Um, their s- closest relatives are the kaka or the kia, um, which are the only species that... I know, right? Ridiculous names. Um, kaka. Which are the kakapo <laughs> could be confused with. Uh, the reason why they're not confused with these animals, though, is because they're like a bright moss green and they have mm-hmm. a larger size and they're flightless and nocturnal. Um, so those are the things that differentiate them. Um, the kaka is a large species of parrot found on New Zealand or in New Zealand. And the kia is also a large parrot found in New Zealand. So, um, Cool. Yeah. So I kind of changed up the order a bit um, because a lot of the information seemed to go together um, Mm -hmm. a little bit more than, yeah. So I just changed up the order. So we're going to talk about the behavior um, and that eventually everything leads into their habitat um, because they have kind of an extensive history. So Nice. Yeah. Um, So the kakapo are flightless birds. and they evolved over time to be flightless because they didn't have any uh, natural predators. They didn't have any natural mammals hunting them. Um, so they ended up gaining weight and they ended up losing their flying ability. So now their wings are used as balance um, for graceful falls. And lighter females can manage um, short glides across gaps, which are 3 to 4 meters or 9 to 13 feet. So that's about their extent of flying. Um, nice. Which I thought was cute. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's funny um, that they gained weight because they didn't have predators. <laughs> so now they can't Yeah. Fly. Yeah. Yeah. They are pretty fast, though. And I think I talk about that a little bit. Um, cool. Yeah. So they're mostly nocturnal and they're solitary. Um, so they can uh, occupy the same home range for many years uh, and they forge on the ground and climb high into trees for food Um, and then because they're solitary creatures um, for the most part we didn't think that they did anything together unless they were mating Um, and then new evidence recently showed that they aren't as solitary as we thought Um, so females and young birds are occasionally found together in small groups of two to four and then it's usually them playing or hanging out in the same tree or gathering near a food hopper. So they'll share food if it's given to them. Um, and then 
neighbors appear to keep in touch with each other with occasional large skarks, which is just like a loud, sharp-pitched, like, chirp. Um, <laughs> cool. So I tried to find some sounds and tried to play them um, and, like, pre-record, but the sound is really hard to hear through our recording. So there is a link in our resource page um, if you want to check that out. Um, and you can listen to all the the cockapos. <laughs> um, I love it. Yeah. So um, adult males and females only meet um, to breed, and then the females raise their chicks alone. And then during the day, the cockapo sleeps in the ground or tree hops or treetop roosts. Um, and then at night, they forage for food, um, which is most of their nighttime stuff. Interesting. Um, it's usually what they're doing. Yeah. And then this is the, the this is about the trivia. So uh, they freeze when they're in danger. Mm-hmm. Um, so they rely on their green and yellow feathers to camouflage, which is great when they didn't have any um, predators that relied on sight um Mm. so or yeah so when predators were relying on sight they couldn't see them because they just camouflaged into the background which some of those predators was the now extinct host eagles and the large isles harrier which we're gonna have i added them to our animal list so don't worry they're on there um we're gonna have to learn about those because those are pretty cool too they're huge um so and then, but now, um, because of where they're currently living, um, and introduced uh, mammals were introduced. Mammal, <laughs> mammals were introduced into the kakapos areas, and the mammals that hunt them mainly are cats and stoats, and they use scent to hunt. Um, and are active day and night. Yeah, so the kakapo doesn't really have a safety area um, mm-hmm. from those predators, um, which they because they have such a musty odor um, and a distinct smell, and they're flightless, they can't really get away very quickly, yeah. and they're very like prominent. Yeah. So. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So those are their main predators but just because they can't fly doesn't mean that they don't like heights um so the females will like fall or use their little wings to like try and make themselves fall more gracefully but they have their feet and they use their strong claws to climb 20 meters which is 65 feet high into rimu trees which is the trees that harvest or like produce the fruit that they primarily eat and they're really strong hikers with really oh. strong legs. So they can walk several kilometers at a time and then they'll turn on um they'll turn really quickly and then they can also like speed run. Um which is really funny. So that is adorable. I imagine yeah. them with like their uh oh what is it? I imagine them with like the little hikers backpack and walking sticks. <laughs> but <laughs> That would but be they're really birds. cute. <laughs> right? It's so cute. I love it so much. They're good yeah. hikers. 
Yeah. Well, and if you watch them walking in even in just videos, they kind of lean forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have like their wings folded backwards, so they're kind of like an owl, but more on an angle. You know. Mm. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, 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 yeah. I love it. I was looking yeah. at more pictures of them, and the more I look at them, the cuter they kind of are. <laughs> Especially with their like yeah, weird right? nose beaks. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then their eyes aren't as big as owls, so they're not yeah. like. Hoo-hoo? They're more like a but parrot, but yeah, it's like the way mm-hmm. their face is kind of flat with like their beaks and their feathers they just have more of like an owl-y an owl-y mm-hmm. look they're cute though yeah for a bird yeah <laughs> true true because you don't like birds which nope. is why i chose this animal because uh-huh. i would never guess it <laughs> um yeah so the kakapo is entirely vegetarian nicole Ooh, mm-hmm. appreciate that yeah i mean i eat fish um true they don't eat fish Um, their diet includes (laughs) it's okay i'll just tell you what they do eat um so they eat leaves buds flowers fern fronds bark roots um bulbs fruits and seeds um and then it'll vary seasonally so like if their removed fruit wasn't in season um they would go out and eat other things obviously they don't Mm. just stop eating (laughs) so that's that's a lot about the animal that didn't pertain to its history or its habitat um so we're gonna like take a deep dive into their history because that's really what makes the kakapo a kakapo interesting i'm excited yeah yeah um so based on the kaka and the kai kia kia that we talked about their distant relatives um Mm -hmm. where do you think the kakapo lives Uh, i want to say like australia or new zealand ding 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 it's new zealand okay (laughs) yeah cool um so before humans settled in New Zealand, the kakapo were widespread on the mainland, um, and subfossil remains suggest that they lived in a wide range of habitats, and they were once one of the most common bird species in New Zealand. Um, and then when the first Polynesian settlers arrived to New Zealand about 700 years ago, they found mm-hmm. kakapo um, to be easy prey because they didn't fly, and they were easy to catch. And they were easy to find because they were everywhere. So they ate its meat and they used its feathers to make soft cloaks. And um, with the Polynesians came Polynesian dogs and rats, um, which also preyed on the kakapo. Sad. Yeah. So it's really sad. Yeah. Yeah. And then by the time European settlers arrived in the early 1800s, kakapo had become confined to the central north island of Um, their area and forested parts of the south island so they were very separated and they were very they were a lot less um, which is really sad and then yeah in 1894 the government launched its first attempt to save the kakapo and this is the first of multiple because it wasn't successful um there's this guy, his name is Richard Henry, um, and he led an effort to relocate several hundreds of these birds 
um, to predator-free resolution island in Fjordland. I probably mm-hmm. mispronounced that. But the island didn't remain predator-free, though, because the stoats arrived within six years because they swam to the island and they eventually destroyed that kakapo population. Oh. So that was really sad yeah. uh, to find out that they tried to save them and then they literally they just up, got eaten. Yeah. It backfired hard. Yep. They were like, let's just oscillate this or isolate this food chain. Mm-hmm. And we'll, yeah, feed them to the stoats. Um, so because the adult kakapo don't fly, they're super vulnerable to predation by cats and stoats. Um, and their eggs and chicks can be killed by rats because they're smaller. Um, and then females alone incubate their eggs and raise chicks. So while they're out feeding um, and away from the nest, eggs and chicks are particularly vulnerable to predation. Um, predation? 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 Predators? Um, <laughs> predators. <laughs> Aliens? Oh. <laughs> No, just kidding. <laughs> Not this episode. Um, <laughs> that was the jellyfish episode. <laughs> True. <laughs> so the chick rearing is protracted and nests become smelly. Um, and then that just makes it easier for predators to find. Um, and then the kakapo usually will freeze um, and try and camouflage itself. Um, but obviously that's not working for the predator that sniff them out yeah <laughs> predators that sniff them out <laughs> sorry i don't know why i thought that was really funny <laughs> i was like I'm just saying, i, just I, I was like thinking stoat, like, so hard nose. oh <laughs> yeah yeah oh man i was trying to stick him straight out how is that what did i miss <laughs> no you didn't miss anything i just had a funny stoat image pop in yep. my head of just, just like Head first, nose out. Anyways. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> Head first, uh, nose out. <laughs> Can that be our title? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Unless something else comes along. Because <laughs> I feel like if your head is first, then your nose will be out. <laughs> yeah, it would be. I think it's funny. I think it was funny. (laughs) Doesn't work for the predators that sniff them out. (laughs) With their head first and nose out. With their head first. Nose out. (laughs) Nose out. Butt first? No. That'd be what? Like a turtle or whatever that breathes through its butt? (laughs) Butt first, nose out. Butt breathing turtles. (laughs) You butt breather. (laughs) <laughs> Gross. <laughs> um, cool. <laughs> Moving forward. <laughs> By the mid 1900s, the kakapo was thought to be a lost species. Um, few people ever saw them, and then no one actively was caring for them. No one was actively trying to save them. Mm-hmm. Um, but now the best kakapo habitat is protected off is a protected offshore island. Um, and there's island sanctuaries, which offer natural vegetation, shelter, and safety. 
um, from mammals such as the stoats, cats, rats, and mice. Um, So because the attempt to save the kakapo in the 1890s failed when the stoats swam to the island, literally swam. They weren't brought over. They literally were just like, I'm going to go get some food. And then they started swimming. So crazy. Um, Yeah. So now the kakapo live on three protected islands. Um, I'm going to probably butcher all of their names. But one of them is the Codfish Island, which is also known as the Winauhau Island. I like codfish. Yeah. So that island is the where the first cockapoo, a cockapo, which is cockapoo, is literally how I wanted to pronounce it for so long, and then I had to listen to Cumberbatch. Um, we gotta be more sophisticated, like Benedict Cumberbatch. It's a cockapo. The cockapo. <laughs> the cockapo. <laughs> Because he wouldn't say poo. <laughs> no, he wouldn't. I mean, I would pay to hear him say poo, but <laughs> that's just me. Because <laughs> I think it'd be funny. I feel like he still wouldn't mess that up. <laughs> I would pay to hear him say poo. <laughs> Someone Do you hear that, Benedict Cumberbatch? Just the audio of, of him saying poo. Poo. <laughs> Oh, man. I'm going to see if they have that now. Okay. <laughs> uh, oh. oh, man. Benedict Cumberbatch. That's all they want. Can you say poo? I'll pay you. <laughs> uh, I'll pay you in a cockapoo. I mean, in a way, he does get paid to say a lot of things. It's his job. True. I'm sure I'm sure there's a recording out there somewhere. Um, so, the Codfish Island was the first kakapo um transferred island um in 1987 is when they were there and then the rats were eradicated off that island in 1998 so that left them with no predators um and it's also the center for kakapo recovery in new zealand um so that's like the hub and then there's little barrier island which is Toy island uh Little Barrier Island is the first kakapo. Um, the first kakapo were transferred there in 1982 after they got rid of all the cats in 1980. Um, and then the rats on that island were gotten rid of uh, in 2004. And now the island is home to a range of endangered species, including the kakapo, but also other ones. Uh, I didn't look into which other ones, but that was kind of cool. They're not alone on this island. Um, but it does lack the rimu tree um, that triggers kakapo breeding. Mm. Um, they do still breed, but they're not sure what causes it. Um, so that's the research that they're kind of doing. And then the third island is Anchor Island. Anchor <laughs> Island. We've got yes, Anchor Island. Codfish. Um, so that's the anchor, and what was the other one? Uh, little Where's- barrier. Little barrier. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Anchor Island, um, the first kakapo were transferred there most recently. So that's the newest island that they've been moved to. Um, cool. They were moved there in 2005 um, after they got rid of all the stoats in 2001. 
Um, I bet that was really hard to that, get rid of them. I'm sure. I didn't look into like how they got rid of cats and rats and stoats. Um, but I feel like because they're on islands, it'd probably be easier than getting rid of all of them on in New Zealand. Yeah, know? yeah. Like, I'm sure they wish they could get rid of them all in New Zealand. They eat right. so many of their um, kiwi birds. Mm-hmm. Ah. And apparently cockapos. Yes. Oh, your ceiling boob again. <laughs> <laughs> Don't judge my ceiling boob. <laughs> it's a lovely ceiling boob. <laughs> Say that like Benedict Cumberbatch. It's a lovely ceiling boob. And I don't even know how to sound like Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> I sound so... I like that, though. That was still really elegant. Yeah. It was very soft-spoken. <laughs> Maybe that should be our title. Um, <laughs> it's a lovely ceiling boob. Um, um, so, the downfall of Anchor Island um, is well I guess it's not a downfall but it has the Rimu forest and beach forest which is what they think is triggering the um, Kakapo to breed on Little Barrier Island um, mm. instead of Rimu they have beach um, which is not birch it's not the same thing um, so and then both types of those flowers um, from both of those forests or trees bloom every three to five years um, but they do uh, bloom and come into season in different years. So hmm. there should be, the idea is that now that we've moved the Kakapo to Anchor Island is that because they have both beach and Rimu, um, they should have more than enough food to breed and repopulate themselves. Um, Makes sense. But... The downfall of all of those islands is that none of them have the capability to hold more than a hundred kakapo. Aww. Yep. And there's only three hundred um, or three islands, so it's only like three hundred. <laughs> yeah, there's only three hundred islands for three birds. <laughs> um. <laughs> I added a couple zeros. I'm sorry. I make I I switched my numbers. You just switched them around. I no know. You know what? Dyslexia um, is real. <laughs> it is it's a thing mm-hmm. uh yeah so the plan to go back to taking out the predators on the mainland new zealand is that they want to reintroduce kakapo to mainland new zealand because mm-hmm. that's originally where they were from mm-hmm. um and their goal is uh there's this thing called predator free 2050 um, which Ooh. has the ambitious goal to get rid of New Zealand's most damaging introduced predators that threaten the nation's natural um, economy and primary secretary and are working and that they're working to make that happen. So their goal is by 2050, they can reintroduce natural animals to New Zealand um, or That'll be Hopefully cool. they'll get rid of the stoats and the yeah. rats and the cats and the bats and the plats. I don't. <laughs> I was trying to continue my rhyme, but it wasn't working. <laughs> and the hats, <laughs> all those stats. <laughs> there we go. Nicole's got my back. Yes. Um, yeah. Yes. So. Because um, we only have the three islands and none of them can hold more than 100 kakapos, uh, the kakapo is listed as critically endangered 
according to the IUCN. I'm sure they're critically injured sometimes, too. Sometimes, yes. Um, And there's a total of 210 birds known in June. Yep. And this was recorded in June of 2020. So last, literally last year. So a year ago. Um, Yep. They all carry radio transmitters and are intensively monitored and managed. Mm -hmm. Um, And because their population is so tiny, um, it's due to their breeding. So the cockpo. Yeah. They um, are known to have, like, the longest breeding cycle. Um, So it takes them forever to recreate offspring. And it's usually tied to their food. Mm. So the Kakapo breed. And so this is where we're going into, like, their meeting. So now we know about their history and we know where they live and how awful it is that they're isolated to three little islands. Um, Poor buddies. But... Yeah, just because they're on three little islands by themselves doesn't mean that they're going to just, like, instantly, like, kaboom, cockapoos everywhere. Like, woo. Kapow, cockapow, cockapoo, cockapow. Yeah, right? Cockapow, 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 yeah. Kapow, cockapow. Yeah. So. Kablamo, cockapow. There we go. I love I love that you figured it out. <laughs> Maybe we should write a book about cockapos and it could be called Kablamo Cockapo. <laughs> Kablamo Cockapo. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. We're gonna do it. Teamwork. Love it. Animal facts book. Yeah. Keep your eyes out, Tune people. <laughs> it's gonna be a thing. Okay. Kablamo. <laughs> Kablamo, cockapow, cockapo. Oh my gosh. Cockapo. Cockapo. Yeah. Kablamo, cockapo. It's gonna be great. May- <gasps> we could get Benedict Cumberbatch to narrate it. <laughs> Audiobooks for the win. And then the cockapo. The cockapo. Oh my gosh. The cockapo. Can the can like say something about poo, and then we'll hear Benedict Cumberbatch say poo. There we go. We'll talk about cockapoo poo with Benedict. It can be someone being like cockapoo. No, it's cockapoo. That'd be great. Oh, that'd be great. Oh, man. I love it. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay. Cool. So, <laughs> I don't even know how. I can't segue. Like, there's no. <laughs> how do I segue? I was trying to think of something clever. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's coming, so I don't know. <laughs> It's just, it's about their breeding and mating. Kablamo! There you go. How do the cockapoes kablam? <laughs> Could you go? Kablam. Kapow. Kapow. Kablam. Oh. Kapow. Sorry. <laughs> I love it. There you go. Great segue. 
Kapow. Kakapose. Kapow. In summer and uh. autumn. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like but, a get together. Like block parties. It's our kablow. It is, actually. <laughs> um, oh. So Kakapows are leak breeders, um, which means that the males will all get together in the same area and they'll put on displays at fixed locations to attract females' attentions. And so they, but so the big thing is that they breed in summer and autumn, but they only do this if there's a lot of remove fruit. Interesting. Um, so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So it's based on the fruit, which is every, it blooms every two to four years. So they'll only do this every two to four years when the fruit is like everywhere. And then they'll so get, crazy. all the males will get together. They'll put on fixed and in like a fixed location so like an area um and they'll attract the females attention and they don't the males don't help raise the offspring so anything that they like any bird they get prego they don't help the female like do their thing with the children the catch is that no other new zealand bird does this um and no other parrot species in the entire world is known to leak breed so no other parrot gets together in an area of all the males and like performs for the females um it's just the kakapo so So i thought that was really cool that is really cool and so interesting and i just imagine like a giant creepy orgy block party and Gross. all the girls are like, I like this performer better. Let's go kapow, you know. <laughs> it is kind of like that. It's weird. Just a giant um, <laughs> block party orgy. <laughs> yeah. So in those moments, the male ka- the ma- male kapo or kakapo. Sorry, not kapo. Kapo. Um, Maybe that can be its name in our book. Kapo. Okay. The male kakapo um, finds a prominent ledge or rock or hilltop, whatever is like tall, um, but not too tall, because the females have to be able to stand in like this audience. Yeah, Um, and it it has to have low-growing vegetation so that it's like green, Um, but it has to be tall enough. It's like a stage. They're trying to find like a little stage, so a little ledge. Um, and then he forms a track and bowl system, which is a network of tracks radiating um, from a shallow bowl. Um, so like a little depression in the earth. So it's like a little oomph. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he'll usually do like a circle or a track. So huh. it's like he'll pace, essentially. Um, Interesting. And sometimes it's like between three different pacing laps or ten. Um, but yeah. And then he settles into his little bowl and he inflates his his throat air sac um and he emits a deep low frequency boom every one to two seconds oh yep and then this boom can be heard 300 to 400 meters away on a flat ground or five kilometers away or kilometers away in the mountains dang and then Yep, and then after 20 to 30 of these booms, he'll make a high-pitched metallic ching sound, um, which is, like, the opposite of what the boom sounds like. Um, So you imagine this, like, really deep. The 
audio that I found of the boom is kind of like if your phone vibrates. You know how it mm-hmm. vibrates on a hard surface and it makes that little yeah. sound? So that's what the booming sounds like. But the ching is like a ching. Like it's so annoying. <laughs> that's what the so booming hard. sounds like. <laughs> the cockapow. <laughs> the cockapow's got a boom. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the ching is to help females like pinpoint where that male is so they'll like go on this walk the females and they'll be like oh I hear something in the distance and they'll be like ching 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 and then they'll follow the ching until they reach to the male and then they'll be like is this the male that I want to mate with and then if not they'll just kind of keep walking because all the males do this in like an area Um, so the male will sing for about eight hours um, without any breaks every night for two or three months. And then um, we don't really know what makes one male more attractive than the other male. So it's not because of his brighter feathers or like the way he sings. But we do know that multiple females will pick the same male um, and it'll be like the preferred male. And they'll pass other males on their way to get to that preferred male. Um, Crazy. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then they cock a pow. And then uh, the females will make nests under the ground or in natural caves. Um, so like in hollow trees or under rocks and roots. And they'll lay one to four eggs. And the like female nesting period is not super intriguing so i didn't find a lot of information about it but after 30 days their chicks hatch and the mother will feed their chicks for up to six months and then the males have nothing to do with it so they just go around knocking up these females and then just being like bye oh man they're practicing their booms and chings boom ching mm-hmm. boom ching boom ching ching boom ching boom there we go Um, yeah so all of that said um, the kakapo can live for as long as 90 years is our highest record Um, you say 90? yeah 90 yep they get pretty old like almost 100 Mm -hmm. longer than most humans Um, It makes them the world's longest living bird. Um, And I tried to find what the second longest living bird was or like the recorded one was. But every time I looked it up, um, I got other animals or other birds that never Mm -hmm. had the kakapo on its list. Weird. So a lot of them were other. um, They were like, I don't know if it was a toucan. I don't remember what it was. What's the one? The red one. What's the red one? The like red bird with its little mohawk and like. Like a macaw? That one. Yeah. The macaw is up there as like one of the longest living birds um, or oldest age or something. So. But the kakapo I didn't find on like anybody else's list. Crazy. So I don't know if it's because they're not well known. Yeah. Um, So. The average lifespan that um, has been documented is about 60 years. So, so just because long. they live up to be, like, there's recorded of 90, they live 
on average 60 years because usually they get eaten yeah so that's so crazy they need to figure out how to get them off those islands if they live that long right because 300 is gonna add up fast if it because it's already at two something Mm -hmm. dang dang Yep, yep. Crazy. So, yeah. You're an old bird. Um, yeah. Because they're so old, do you think there's any famous cockapos out there? Oh. Uh, I have no idea because they're so unknown. Benedict Cumberbatch's cockapo? I don't know. <laughs> Our future story? Um, I think his is, actually. I think the one that his, he's like, because he just talks about it, but I think the one that's filmed in the video is actually a more well-known one. Because they followed one for like a long time and they got a lot of footage of cockapos from it, um, which I'll kind of talk about. Um, yeah. So in the Department of Cockapo Conservation, um, mm-hmm. there's four main cockapos that are kind of well-known. Um, one of them is Richard Henry. Um, these are their names. So there's Richard Henry, there's Hokey, there's Solstice, and there's Moreu. Um, and so Richard Henry was named after the first pioneer who tried to save the cockapos, and then it was unsuccessful, right? Um, oh, and Richard so, Henry, though. <laughs> yeah, so Richard Henry is the was the last surviving cockapo off of that original island that they tried oh, to move him to. Okay. Yeah. So his DNA was different um, than a lot of the other cockapos on um, a couple of other islands. Um, and his boom dialect, the, like, the way he boomed was different. And then his coloring was different. So they the tried to... like, Yeah, the way he <laughs> boomed. Um... So they tried to like get as much information from him and his DNA as possible so that they could um, infuse and like replicate his genetics to pass down to other um, cockapos. So eventually they can diversify the gene pool um, and hopefully help them live and um, breed more successfully, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was thought that he was 80 years old when he died. Um, so he's up there. And then Hokey was the first cockapo to be partially reared in captivity. Um, and eventually they let um, Hokey go. And then she developed a serious infection and um, had to be euthanized in 2019. Um, yep. And then Solstice was the first cockapo found on the Stewart Island in five years. Um, and one of the largest female cockapos, and she weighed two kilograms without any supplementary feeding. So sometimes they have to put out feeders for cockapos um, so that they eat more because they're not always getting their natural food. Um, but she didn't get any supplementary food, and so she weighed, but she weighed like one of the recorded um, her largest females. Yeah. And then Mareyu. Um, Mareyu is a word that transfers into survivor. Um, Aww, that's and cute. Mareyu was literally, yeah, he was literally a survivor. Um, so that's why they named him that. 
He had an internal blockage, and then 10 days after recovering from that, his incubator malfunctioned, and so he was, like, on again, off again, growing. Um, but today, he is the same size as any other adult kakapo and practices mm. booming, which I thought was really cute. That's adorable. He's like so. a preemie, preemie story. Yeah. Yep, yep. And it. then the last famous kakapo I have is Sirocco. And Sirocco is most famous for his encounter in 2019 with zoologist Mark Carwardine. We're just going to call him Mark. Um, And he became a... Yeah, Sirocco, the bird, um, became a YouTube sensation. And it's because Mark was filming the BBC documentary Last Chance to See with British actor Stephen Fry. Um, and then footage showed what do you, any guesses as to what Sirocco did to Mark? He pooped on him. He cockapooed. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's a great guess. Um, Sirocco got really frisky. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so they got this all on camera. Um. And they have footage of Sirocco attempting to mate with Mark's head. <laughs> um, yep. And then <laughs> Nicole's just laughing. Um, and then Fry, you can hear Fry laughing and observing from the sidelines. Um, and the footage now has, because I watched the footage, um, it has 21 or over 21 million views and... Um, there is a link in our resource page if you want to watch it because I found it absolutely hilarious. Um, I'm, and I'm the way that gonna. Sirocco just like he goes all in. Um, he like does it from he's on the back of his head and he's on his neck and he like flaps his wings. And so um, Mark is also getting like hit in the face with his wings. <laughs> it's great. Um, oh. Yeah, so that's those are the oh, famous cockapos. Um, I got a laugh out of that one. I thought it was funny. So I didn't really find any stories about the cockapos. I think your what I did find one is quite a story. <laughs> it is. It's probably the best story I found. The thing that I was trying to look for. Um, like folklores or anything like that mm-hmm. um, because everybody says and I'll, I'll like quote this multiple pages that I found said like many other New Zealand bird species the kakapo was historically important to the Maori which are the indigenous people of New Zealand appearing in many of their traditional legends and folklore but literally I could not find a single legend or folklore involving the kakapo so I don't know where all these famous stories are, but listeners, you should send them to us because I want to know what they mean. (laughs) Share them with us, please. Yes. I know there's a few listeners in New Zealand. I want to know historically context. (laughs) There we go. We're calling you out. Tell Hmm. us about your cockapos. Please do. I was kind of disappointed. I really wanted to like share a legend or story with you guys, but I didn't find any. But apparently they're out there. Sometimes. <laughs> Are you ready for lightning round? 
I am. Fast facts. <laughs> Need sound effects. Shayla's doing a fun dance. I have lightning bolts shooting out of my arms. Ah, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Ooh, that was good. <laughs> like lasers. <laughs> it's lightning fast. I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. So I'm going to start with sad facts, and then we're going to get oh. better facts. Okay. So sad fact number one is that a kakapo... Um, or kakapos, I guess, in general, were hunted for food and were used for many garments. Um, we talked about how they were turned into cloaks, um, and they used their skin and feathers. And the cloaks were only used for people of high statuses, but there is a documented cloak from the early 1800s with an estimated 11,000 kakapo feathers. Dang. Yeah. Dang. It's a lot, and it's sad. Yeah. Um, and it's not even green. The picture I found wasn't green. So I don't know if it was just not an accurate photo, but it was sad. And then my other fact, sad fact, um, an early European explorer um, and their dogs would eat kakapo when they first arrived. And it was documented, and this is a quote out of one of the journals. It was said that you could go to any tree and shake it, and kakapo would fall like apples. Oh. So that's how many kakapo were out there, and they ate them all. That is so sad. Mm-hmm. So those are my two sad facts. Those are very sad. Fun fact. Have you ever heard of mm-hmm. Douglas Adams? I don't think so, but I'm also just really bad with names. Do I need to look him up? Um, nope. I can tell okay. you who he is. Okay. He's the author of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, okay. Josh would have known that. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Douglas Adams, uh, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is one of my favorite books. Um, okay. But he famously described uh, the Kakapo. Um, nice. And he described them as... The world's largest, fattest, and least able to fly parrot. Nice. It's really funny. <laughs> and like accurate. It. It's very accurate. Um, <laughs> they are fat and lazy. But they're also fast. Yes. They like to hike. <laughs> they, they do. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the we talked about their scent and how... They are described to have this sweet, musty odor. Um, so that odor has also been described as a stuffy violin case. Or musty violin case. Stuffy, musty violin case. That is very, very specific. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> um, and then my last fact is that all 210 documented... Cockapow. Cockapoo. Oh. <laughs> Kablamo. Cockapow. Ho. It's going to be such it. a great fact. Um, all 210 cockapos um, have been documented and tagged, and they each have an, an individual name. Oh, I love it so much. Are you going to tell yep. us all 210's names? No, I didn't. I didn't look at the list. I just know that they all have 
individual names, which is cute, but also disappointing because if you can name every animal in that species by name, then we don't have enough of them. <laughs> yes. So Naming things is fun. <laughs> it is, but they should not all individually have their own names. True. There should be so many that we could shake them out of the trees. Like apples. But not eat yes. them like an apple. And not eat them like apples. Exactly. <laughs> Let them fly back up and be the fruit of the tree. The unedible exactly. fruit. So Cool. Those are all my kakapo facts. I like them. I like yeah. this bird. It's cool. It is cool. It's cute. It's green. Yeah. It's sleepy. It's got Benedict Cumberbatch written all Doesn't over it. Doesn't fly. There you go. Yes. Yeah. Fat and lazy. Go watch those Kakapo videos. That likes they're, to hike. They're funny. They're cute. They get frisky. So. <laughs> yep. Yep, yep. Cool. And I super appreciate my cousin for doing a shout out to me individually and being like, hey, you should research this animal because otherwise I yeah. probably wouldn't have thought to research this animal. So Yeah. It would have continued to go unknown for a while. Yeah. Kablam. Imagine it being Kablam. like a little like superhero cock about being ka ka pow. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be so cute. With a We're little cape, make this happen. Yes, because <gasps> uh, it can't oh, fly, it. so it need a no. cape. It runs really fast. I love it so, so much. Um, We're gonna make this adorable. happen. We'll brainstorm a few yes. fun ideas of what we can do with it, and we're gonna make it happen. Anyways. Well, thanks, animal fact fans, listeners. <laughs> Thank you, That's Jayla. Cool. <laughs> thanks, Nicole, for listening. Thanks for teaching me. It was That's a lot glitchy. of fun. All right. Until next time. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us, animal lovers. This has been the Animal Facts Podcast with Nicole and Jayla. Please rate, review, and tell all your friends so we can continue with your support and sharing fun animal facts with you. We are also looking forward to hearing from you, our listeners. So feel free to email us at animalfactspodcast at gmail.com with facts you want us to cover, facts you want us to correct, cool or crazy stories you have involving animals we have talked about in the past or may be talking about in the future, or any wild or domesticated <laughs> animals you'd like us to research and add to our list. We want to hear from you and feature your stories as well, so feel free to email them to us. You can also follow us on Instagram at Animal Facts Podcast for updates and other random things. Click the link in the description for our resources, merchandise, and other cool things. Thank you for listening, liking, subscribing, and supporting us in our animal discoveries and adventures. Our awesome drum roll is provided by my really cool brother and father-in-law, Ethan and Camp Polson. And a special thanks to my best friend, Jewel, for our music. Until, Until next time, bye! bye. Cool. Yes.
I have one question for you. Do you have a random animal fact? I do. Does it have everything and nothing to do with cockapos? Has nothing to do with them. Great. (laughs) Good. Okay. The, I don't know how to say the first word, but I'm going to try. The antimachuous swallowtail which is a butterfly okay in africa is the most poisonous butterfly in the world it's got a wingspan of eight to nine inches whoa and it is poisonous enough it's got enough poison in its body to kill six cats Jayla almost viewed her drink. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I just heard you swallow. <laughs> That's what she said. You sounded like you were about to choke. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Sorry. I was about to choke. <laughs> That's also what she said. Six cats? That's a lot of cats. Just to circle yeah. it back around to the A butterfly. <laughs> a butterfly. How many cats has the butterfly I killed? didn't know butterflies could do that. Thanks, Nicole. You're welcome. 